What's everyone on our plate for this week? Are we getting The Last of Us 2 remaster? This new leak has an answer. EA announces the rumored Black Panther 2 game. We're excited. I'm excited. You should be excited. I'm not too. excited. Oh, okay, Sean's not excited. Uh, Microsoft is on the heels of the biggest win in the games industry. Sony is throwing their money around into live service games. Games, gaming, same thing. The Boys has entered Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, and it's changed everything. All this and more on Season 7, Episode 27 of Press X to Start Gamers Digest. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, DJ, a.k.a. A.K.A. Don the Builder. I am joined by Sean M.F. Ross. What does EMF stand for? DMZ Connoisseur. <laughs> nice. Oh, in our what we've been playing, I'll get into the Don the Builder. It's a heartbreaking story. All right. Now you know who we are. Press Start Gamers Digest is a video podcasting against the most important gaming news from this past week into an hour-long meal just for you. We are live on YouTube every Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Normally. Normally, right? Like, summer has been kind of uh, tricky for us, and we're trying to get closer and closer to that 3 p.m. We did it for a while, but now we're kind of off. But anyways. Life be life. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. Anyways. Uh, don't forget, you can support us by liking the video, this video that you're watching, subscribing to the channel, this channel that you're watching, and hit that notification bell, that little bell thing somewhere on your screen. Uh, if you do that, you'll be queued in on the next video that we do, and the next video, and the next video, and all the other the content that we one. have on this channel. And the next one. Exactly. Uh, if you are listening and not watching, one, why? Two, uh, can you do us a favor? Can you leave us a review? On Apple Podcasts or the podcast services. Maybe not all of our listeners have eyeballs, DJ. Oh, you ableist. You're right. Dang, my bad. Hey, I didn't I didn't mean it, guys. I'm sorry. I was just reading the script. I don't know who wrote it. All right. Um, if you want to join our conversations, you can by joining our Discord at pressxm2start.com slash Discord. We have a lot of good conversations in there, and it's growing every day. We're so appreciative of all the people there. Thank you, guys. And... I would say thank you to the people who are listening, but if you're listening but not on Discord, then you don't really get the, the thank you. So it is what it is. Anyways, that is us. That is what this is. Now let us get into the gaming news. Number one, The Last of Us 2 PS5 re-release with new content may have been leaked by the game's composer. This comes from Games Radar. So this is by Hope Bellingham. I hope I nailed that. Mm. Uh, so apparently... The composer, Gustavo Santo Alala. Okay, uh, we're going to go with that. Uh, he appeared on an episode of Blender Podcast, talked about his cameo in The Last of Us Part 2, revealing in Spanish, this is a Spanish podcast, that in a new edition of the game, players will be able to approach the composer in-game and request songs for him to play. This was all that Gustavo said on the topic. But it got fans convinced that the rumors of The Last of Us 2 re-release is actually true. So this is interesting because from what we know right now, there's potentially Last of Us 3. I mean, we know that's coming. Yeah, right, right. 
there is a Last of Us um, multiplayer thing that got pared down. Is it possible that because this is also machine translated, it's not like really vetted by a trans. I mean, I, I would hope that a point this be vetted by a translator, but we're going off yeah. of what the article says. Is it possible that there could be some confusion here and this can just be from the factions experience that we just don't have any real sense of like what it's going to be? You know what I'm going to do? What do you think? I'm gonna listen to that podcast in Spanish and <laughs> aggressively nod my head at the words that I do understand and report back. <laughs> so I, I think the idea of a remaster or whatever you want to call it feels almost too soon for Last of Us Two. Ah, I, I wouldn't say that. You don't think so? I wouldn't say that because um we had it on PS3 and then the PS4 came out and they released the remaster, so people may see this as double dipping, whatever, but it's not unprecedented and people have the right to complain, but if you don't want to buy it, you don't have to buy it. These are for the people who are interested in having every edition, every collection, every version of it possible, or for the people who are just catching on to the show, maybe bought part one remake and didn't touch part two yet until maybe season two comes out. Maybe this will yeah, uh, you know, come out in time for season two. So I wouldn't begrudge anybody for wanting this. I mean, I bought the first one two or three times. I might buy this again. So who knows? Now, I think you have a great point there with this could easily line up with the release of season two of Last of Us, the HBO show. And like, as we know, the first remake pretty Mm -hmm. much lined up with somewhere around the first season of the show. And that did gangbusters to them. So, of course, they would do the same thing for part two. Yeah. Even, you know, that's also a, like, beloved... Uh, there's so, some... Yeah. It originally came out on PlayStation 3 June 14, 2013. And then the remastered version for PS4 July 29, 2014. So a year and a month and a half later. And okay. there was the same comments online that we got about part one remake that we're going to get about this remaster for PS5. So, I mean, yeah, time is a flat circle, whatever, something like yeah. that. And I think, like, you know, with the uh, Last of Us Part 1 remake, that was being inched closer to the combat stylings of Last of Us yeah. Part 2. So with this, like, that kind of creates a, almost like a, com- well, I guess, complete addition, because we don't know if there's Last of Us 3, and, you know, when that comes out. Whatever. And I will get the PS6 remakes and I'll buy those too. There you go. There you go. Anyway, moving on, moving on. It's the cycle of life. Um, so yeah, it, you know, this is interesting. We'll see what happens. But, you know, it, it makes sense that this would probably align with whenever season two of Last of Us is coming out. So that. A little addition to this. Neil Druckmann alone at the top as Naughty Dog's co-president retires after 25 years. So Neil Druckmann is co-president with, wait a minute, Evan Wells. So Evan Wells is now retiring after 25 years at Naughty Dog. So now Mm -hmm. this makes Neil Druckmann top guy, which is in an interesting place because as we know, they have a remake, or yeah, remaster. They have a remaster for Last of Us Part Two. They have factions in whatever state it is in, and there is the possible Last of Us 3. So... 
Neil has a lot on his plate right now. So I wish mm. him all the best and hopefully he can get some sleep. So yeah, what, what's your what's your uh, feelings on this? Um, I think they're in capable hands. Twenty five years is a long time in any it industry. Is. It is, especially with the amount of crunch that uh the gaming industry does. Granted, that man at the top probably isn't putting in the same amount of hours as he used to be, but still. Um, yeah. hopefully he stays in the industry after a short sabbatical, jumps back in yeah. doing something. But um, I don't know. Naughty Dog is a uh, top tier company. I see yeah. nothing but good things coming out of them. Yeah, and that's another thing too. Like, I feel like for a person who is outside of, you know, the industry and looking in, they would probably think Neil Druckmann is like the president of Naughty Dog just because his face is anyway. everywhere for promoting everything. Yeah, and like, if you would have showed me like, oh, Ian Wells is the the co president, and you showed me like other faces. I wouldn't be able to pick him out. Like I just didn't mm-hmm. know. So it, it does feel like this was probably happening in the background very slowly. And yeah. you know, today or I guess June eleventh was the day that everything came ahead. Came ahead. That's what it is. <laughs> All right. Number two. Black Panther game announced by EA. This is coming from Game Informer. Specifically, Marcus Stewart. So I'm going to read a little bit of the article, and then we can talk about it. EA has announced that a Black Panther game is in the works. The title is being made by Cliffhanger Games, a new AAA studio based in Seattle, in collaboration with Marvel Games. The upcoming title is billed as a single-player story-driven third-person action-adventure in a press release. Cliffhanger states that our mission is to build an expansive and reactive world that empowers players to experience what it's like to take on the mantle of Wakanda's protector, the Black Panther. Cliffhanger is led by Kevin Stevens, two first names, formerly of Monolith Productions, a studio currently making a Wonder Woman game, and consists of veteran talent who have worked on titles such as Middle Earth Shadows of Mordor, God of War, Halo Infinite, and Call of Duty, among others. The team is still being assembled and is actively hiring. As such, this untitled Black Panther project is very early in development, so will likely be a few years before it's in our hands. This is a quote from Kevin. We're dedicated to delivering fans a definitive and authentic Black Panther experience, giving them more agency and control over their narrative than they have ever experienced in a story-driven video game. That's, that's a lot. Wakanda is a rich superhero sandbox, and our mission is to develop an epic world for players who love Black Panther and want to explore the world of Wakanda as much as we do. Okay, that's a lot to say that there's a Black Panther game coming. Not soon, kind of far. Uh, before we talk about this, I do want to mention that um, Jeff Grubb had leaked this last year in July and mm-hmm. on his podcast. What he said was, the game will be developed under codename Project Rainer, by a studio who's formerly a model of the VP, Kevin Stevens, and published by EA Games. The game itself is said to be an open-world single-player game. So actually slip into the role of the new Black Panther. So the idea is that something happens to the previous Black Panther, you are the new Black Panther, and you have to mm. figure this stuff out, essentially. Uh, I mean, uh, how is something like that going to play? I'm guessing kind of like a Batman Arkham-style combat. Wait, wait, there's, there's a little bit more that I want to read. There are no further dates on the story or release date, 
but it's said to be in the early stage of development. The most interesting aspect of this is a player can take the role of the Black Panther in his own way and not just play as T'Challa, M'Baku, Shuri, or one of the already established Marvel heroes. That should offer an opportunity to personalize the gaming experience in a fun way and give it a unique feel. Okay, continue. It smells like live service, but um, all right. <laughs> so give them all guns, like Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> give them all guns. <laughs> I don't know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so I'm excited for this because I think this could be a very good um game. EA had like at least for me, I'm looking at this in sort of like a higher profile version of like what they did with um Wild Hearts where they showed it, they talked about it, Wild Hearts is supposed to be their take on Monster Hunter games and you know yeah. they could have easily just cashed in on that hype alone, but they actually made a really good playing they game. They thought out, well thought out. Okay. Exactly, yeah. And I get the feeling that they are really going to put their effort into this, although we are pretty far away from this and they are actively developing. And, and this is this announcement isn't mainly for us. It's for the developers who are looking to get into developing this game. But I think overall, this is cool. Uh, I think when the rumors first broke, there was a lot of conversation that like, you could possibly it could possibly be like a creator character that you're making. And then that character is the character that assumes the mantle of Black Panther. And that would be a way of teaching you how to play the game because yeah. you're also the new Black Panther. Yeah. Um, overall, there's a lot of ways for EA to screw this up. But I think I, I'm being more optimistic. Mm -hmm. uh, looking at this, they have people from Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. In that game, the best part of that game was the Nemesis system. Even though it is copyrighted by WB, the devs can still use certain aspects of that. And I think that would be a pretty cool thing. That could be a cool thing to have in this game. They have people from God of War, so they can definitely borrow that um, camera style, that combat style. I'm curious um, about the Nemesis system. Like, what exactly is patented? I need to look into that. Is it just your enemies remembering you and coming back? Like, remembering the last encounter? I would, like, I would imagine it could be as general as that, or it could be more complex in terms of the actual coding yeah. used to accomplish all that. Because the fact that we really haven't seen anything like that at all and like when when Shadow Mortar came out, everyone was just like, oh, my God, this this whole nemesis system is like awesome. But the fact that we haven't seen anything like that at all kind of feels like maybe it might be something as general as that. But I didn't think you could copyright that. That's just, just like an idea. Yeah, it's like squaring is copying like, all right, well, we have these three characters yeah. right here. They don't move. They can use match like. You can't like that, that seems weird to me. So I, I I would imagine it's something more complex. Our copyright and patent system is broken, but next next, next true. Week. So yeah, I, I'm excited for this. Hopefully we get more information, but you know, give them time, let them build something. I before we jump, when do you think we can actually see something from this? Two years minimum. Two years? Okay. Yeah, that, that's kind of my my uh take too. All right. Um number three. As you've probably heard, 
because it is a Sunday and this happened on a Friday. Microsoft has won their case against the FTC. The only holdout now is CMA in UK. Speaking of which, Bird's competition regulator, CMA, on Friday extended their final deadline on Microsoft's $69 billion deal or Activision Blizzard deal on August 9th mm-hmm. after it received a detailed and complex new proposal from Microsoft that claimed material changes in circumstance. So essentially what this means is that after Microsoft won the FTC, they shot over, probably by email, a letter mm-hmm. of <laughs> all these changes that they're going to make to their proposal to CMA. And they are looking at this and they're going to make a decision by August 29th. That means by August 29th, for sure, we will know what will happen with the Microsoft Activision deal. Whether or not we'll be able to cross play with our UK bros. <laughs> exactly. But as it is right now, it seems in the US, it is essentially clear to happen. So much so that this comes from The Verge, uh, Tom Warner. Sony agrees to a Call of Duty deal with Microsoft. Mm. So Sony is finally signing the dotted line and is agreeing to a deal with Microsoft for Call of Duty. Uh, This comes from a tweet from Phil Spencer. We are pleased to announce that Microsoft and PlayStation have signed a binding agreement to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation following the acquisition of Activision Blizzard. We look forward to a future where players globally have more choice to play their favorite games. Maybe not in UK. Um, Yeah, so this is cool. We we all kind of knew this was the case. Like PlayStation or Sony was going full steam ahead and trying to stop this deal as much as they can, knowing that they were going to get this deal at the end because they're the top people in the industry right now. So, of course, Microsoft's not going to pull Call of Duty from PlayStation. So, cool. You got anything on this, Sean? Um, uh, Sony better come up with something <laughs> in the meantime. That's all I'm going to say. They, yeah. they need to come back out with SOCOM or something. It's never going to take... Uh, Call of Duty Thunder. Only Call of Duty can kill Call of Duty. Like, uh, only the Infinity Stones could be used to destroy the Infinity Stones. But, um, that is true. We'll see. I mean, I guess this will be a staple in the industry, like, uh, Madden and, uh, NBA 2K type stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so we'll see, we'll see where this goes. We will, we, we're actually going to see very shortly about what Sony's going to do. But before that, hey, you listener, how you doing? You enjoying this? Good. Can you do us a favor? If you like this video, subscribe to the notification bell. In case you missed that, can you like this video, subscribe to the channel, and hit the notification bell? Thank you. Appreciate it. If you are listening, you can't see my face looking at you dead in your face. Leave us a review. And on Apple Podcasts or podcast services you are currently using. Yeah, do that. Appreciate it. All right. So, Sean, uh, you had mentioned this that. Um, PlayStation is doing something. So can you please elaborate on this special thing that PlayStation is doing in retaliation, in retaliation to Microsoft winning the FTC court case? So this is coming from our friends at GameSpot. Uh, Darren Bonthoy's PlayStation pasta serves up Sony's tastiest collaboration yet. At long last, PlayStation pasta is a reality. DJ? That's wild. I can't believe this. I didn't think this was going to happen. Like, I feel like this is the perfect response to Microsoft winning the FTC case because 
this shows that PlayStation is unbothered to the point where they've made pasta in the form of the sacred symbols. Unfortunately, oh wait, can we actually get this? Because this is a UK thing, right? So I need all my Brixton bruvs, all my Peckham Pengals, all my <laughs> UK roadman. If you can DM us and figure out a way to get us some pasta, we'll exchange some American books. guns or something. I don't know. I don't, whatever y'all need over there, you know, let us know. Or they say they're collaborating with a British online supermarket, Ocado. Oh, Ocado. Okay, yeah, yeah. I use all the Ocado all the time. Did they have a two, convention back in like two thousand three? Two sixty pounds and sixty pence or something like that. I don't know. Or not. Wait, is this pounds? Yeah, they back to pounds. They don't use euros no more. Whatever. I don't know. It says add to trolley. <laughs> do, do all your wait. online stores say add to trolley? It's like two dollars. I'm gonna order this. I wonder if they ship to, uh, <laughs> to the UK. Oh my gosh! Okay, delivery. They're gonna deliver it in a lorry. Whatever. That's awesome. I'm gonna get me some of this. I'm gonna... You know what? My aunt from London is here till Tuesday. I'm gonna tell her to pick some up and send it back for me. Why did I think of this? There you go. There you go. Look at you got a connection right there. You got the, the pasta connection? connect. What y'all niggas know about that? I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, dead ass. I'm accident. I'm. A, you know what? I'm a. No, I, I expect this, this, Sean. I'm getting this pasta. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, all do that. PlayStation bricks. No, all right, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. Well, while we wait for the PlayStation pasta, Sony is investing $2.1 billion in gaming R&D, focusing on live services. This comes from Insider Gaming, specifically Grant Taylor Hill. Okay. It was revealed that Sony intends to pour financial resources into gaming research and development to the tune of around $2.13 billion. That's reportedly an investment that's being made before the end of fiscal year 2024. So actually pretty soon. Or fiscal year is what, March of 2024? Uh, I mean... Uh... I don't know. It depends on, I guess, uh, the country, what they consider the fiscal year, how to do their books. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. Not only that, but Sony Group has also expressed a desire to pivot towards a model that focuses much more succinctly on live service titles with Nikki. Yeah, okay. Articles referencing the fact that Sony itself has yet to make a splash in live service games. So... This is something that we knew based off of their PowerPoint that they shared before Summer Game Fest. And it was the whole 60% of their um, monies, I guess, is going to go into developing live service games. That that could be wrong, but we're going to go with that for right now. Um, What's your thoughts on this? Does this mean they're spending about $3 billion in single player? experiences spending well, i mean that's what, a good thought yeah I, I don't know what to make of this like what how many more live service games do we need i mean i mean i think is like call of duty considered a live service or only like looter yes. shooters or, or is it anything with a battle pass type season pass it is like, so i think that's where it gets tricky because yeah. it's any i look at it as anything that is supported past its release date with like not just 
regular uh, updates or releases content it's like drops. new content being added. yeah exactly so for example like street fighter 6 is live service games because they're getting additional content down the then line. that's so broad then because exactly it could exactly. be any genre per se so I'm, I'm wondering what we're gonna see from sony yeah so i i think it's one of those things where i'm okay with this because I have slowly become that like kind of live service gamer where I, I like, let me say this, let me say this. Mm-hmm. I am a live service gamer in that if it's a game that I enjoy, mm-hmm. I love when there's more content down the line for me to keep playing, i.e. Gundam Battle Operations 2, which came out in like 2018. I'm still playing that thing daily. Uh, that's like me and anime filler. Time. Say what? I said that's like me and anime filler. You just explained why I watch filler. Exactly. See, there you go. There you go. So, like, if PlayStation can capture their own live service game, yeah. great. Like, more power to them. The only issue is the hope is for them to do this without having their stable of like AAA games. Yeah. Like maintaining their quality so like exactly so for example like like, we didn't actually put this in the doc but like uh gorilla games came out with some article about like their futures for horizon there's like 10 to 12 different horizon things happening yeah and it's like that's that's so much stuff like we know that they're doing the they're doing a co-op game they're doing an mmo kind of thing and then there's like other stuff that's happening and it's just like i hope you can support all that because if you can't support that that hurts the brand and that ultimately hurts playstation so the hope is that them putting all this money into r d is building quality experiences but on top of that building a good game plan from other bandwidth yeah that too yeah, yeah yeah like my thing is like when they release a live service game, for example, like Ghost of Tsushima, technically that's live service because of Legends. And when Legends came out, they said, hey, look, we're going to support this for X number of months. We're going to release the raid, and that's it. And that's what they did. Everyone enjoyed this experience. They released the raid, and that was it. It was all done. So I just, it'll be interesting to see what their next uh, showcase looks like. Like the hope is that we get something later this year that may not happen if we get something next year. I really hope they take into account all of the feedback they got from their last showcase and that like it was just a lot of the same stuff over and over again. It was just like, oh, this is a title. Oh, this is three people working as a team with guns doing stuff. And it's just like this is not like that was the I think even um blessing from kind of funny he he had a video about uh playstation's live service strategy not working and a lot of people were just like well we haven't really seen Nothing their strategy or seen their yeah. game yeah like we haven't seen any of their games but we've seen their strategy in that they had this showcase of live service games that everyone's just like what are you showing us so uh, we haven't played it yet uh there's exactly yeah bias cover. that's true that's true so we'll see where this comes where it comes out because we don't like we look at this number and we're just like, oh man, $2.13 billion is 
a lot of money. How much does it cost to make Last of Us? Do we know how how much like R and D goes into that? So it's yeah. it's really hard to kind of compare and contrast or whatever. But yeah, we'll see. Anywho, yeah. So next thing, this is actually a really big win. Save America workers wins union vote. This comes from Polygon, specifically Nicole Carpenter. All right. Um, the union spans several different departments, marketing, games as a service, localization, product development, and quality assurance. The urban office, which opened in 2022, houses up to 235 workers. With this win, oh, geez, A-E-G-I-S C-W-A. Aegis, okay, Aegis CWA is the first video games industry union at a major company that spans multiple departments. So this is a really, really big win. And I think overall, like, this is not just a win for uh, Sega of America. This is a win for the industry as a whole, because as this happens in more and more industries, it becomes, you know, more widespread as a thought of like, oh, yeah, we yeah. should try to unionize. We got enough people. Let's try. And like more and more people are doing it. Back in March 14th of this year, this also comes from Nicole Carpenter. Uh, this is also from Polygon. The game studio changed the industry by unionizing. So this is just a list of all of the other studios slash departments that are unionized. I'm not going to read all of it, but like there's Activision Blizzard. We know with uh, Blizzard Albany and then Ravensoft, they had their unionizing stuff happen, went through. Uh, Politariat, another place, they also had their union happen. Uh, so essentially, like, it's just a bunch of places that are doing this, and that's good to see, and that's good to know that, like, this is going to be a thing that keeps getting pushed, and hopefully yeah. this will be for the better in the end of the day. What's your take on this, Sean? I'm just looking at all the uh, entities that unionize, like Cards Against Humanity Workers unionize. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, following a report that alleges racist and sexist culture at the company Cars Against Humanity management record of this. Who would have guessed? Right. A, a game about terrible things. <laughs> yeah. The working conditions were uh, terrible. Uh, but, um, also terrible, yeah. Um, strong unions make for better working conditions, although the companies hate them. They try to scare people by thinking that, uh, you know, you're going to make less money or, you know, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. All I know is uh, we need to get a union started, a press exit start to uh, you know get better working <laughs> conditions because this right. ghetto we got kids running around <laughs> screaming, <laughs> tripping over toys and shit. Like, hey man, <laughs> same over here, man. <laughs> I'm about to go on strike. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Um, we need more unions overall. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like this is this is great to see. Like for all of the crap that we have, you know read through and heard about with like working conditions like even activision blizzard like mm -hmm. all that stuff happened that over there like bobby kotick is just defending the people he shouldn't be defending and it's just like this is just terrible so it's so good to see that people are you know standing up unionizing and it's going through and like that is creating the protections that these workers need so mm -hmm. awesome all right last story media molecule opens dreams creations to commercial uses this comes from gameindustries.biz by maria 
Delisandre. All right. Media Molecule has updated Dreams usage terms, allowing players to use some of their creations outside the platform's ecosystem. In a blog post published on Wednesday, the developer clarified that it won't apply to all creation, but personal and commercial use of music, animation, film, and art made in Dreams will be allowed outside the game. Users will only be allowed to use creations they made themselves. This means that if you use someone else's creation in your work, you will need their permission if you want to use it outside of Dreams for your intended purpose. Me and Mal can mm-hmm. clarify in the H- or FAQ. So this is really cool in that those people who have been supporting Dreams for so long, we got, I think it was a couple of weeks back, um, Media Molecule released that they're going to be ending Dream support because they're working on their new game. So I think this is overall a good move on Media Molecule to like say, hey, thank you guys for supporting this game with your content. Feel free to use that content outside this ecosystem to make your money, essentially. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, your, uh... So they're allowing people to use their music, animation, films, and art. I wonder if at some point, First of all, I'm I'm wondering how they're gonna allow people to export this stuff or how they you know get it out of the system. But um, it would be nice if they would allow people to export their games in a kind of uh little indie. Like I was I was talking with DJ before we actually started recording. I don't know if many people remember the Xbox Live indie game. Was it Marketplace indie like Xbox Live indie mm-hmm. games? Like they had a micro section that was separate from the xbox marketplace where they just had indie games now a lot of it was shovelware and trash but they had some decent gems in there and the same goes for dreams um it would be cool if they allowed you know some micro game engine of some sort you know yeah to allow people to play the games i don't know sell it for a dollar or some shit i don't know yeah for sure like i think some kind of launcher would be like really cool for this kind of content. Of course, that It'd would be have to come. Yeah, that yeah. would have to come from me, Molecule, who is working on the game. So. Yeah, but yeah, you know, we'll see. But yeah, that's a yeah, that's a I, win I, I, all around. I never ended up making any games on anything. I, I think I just played the one little adventure that they made on there, and then everybody else yeah. was just making Mario and Sonic clones. But uh, what people were able to create when they sat down and the time to do it was pretty amazing crazy yeah absolutely mm. yeah so you know I, I would say we'll see what comes from this but i i doubt unless something like really breaks through and you know it gets a lot of attention probably won't see anything from this but again good job media molecule uh for supporting your creators through and through so good all right that is it for the gaming news before we end this show we are going to talk about things we have been playing. First up, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, specifically DMZ. Sean, you have been playing a lot of this game. What's going on in the DMZ? Uh, listeners, watchers, please join me in an uh, intervention for DJ. As this man consistently gets us just murdered because he refuses me? to take cover. <laughs> yes. Me and DJ are just driving along and we're getting sniped at from somebody and I say, hey DJ, let's duck into this cave. They won't follow <laughs> us in there. This man stays outside shooting. 
let the record show that those words, hey DJ, let's get in this cave. After I have been downed, killed, and teabagged by some guy named Randy Savage. <laughs> DJ got ran over. Listen, I'm gonna take your black card. I ran, you run. If I run, you run, all right? I didn't see you. I was too busy dodging gunfire. <laughs> I guess. I, I don't understand. Oh my gosh. I'm not going to say it was all wholesome in DMZ, but it has become severely toxic to where people are just like forming roving death squads of like five and yeah. six to just descend on a single player. I don't, I don't get the fun in that. And, um, yeah. That has that has I, I, I only shoot people if they shoot at me, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That has been their biggest issue since like I guess season two or something like that, where it's just mm-hmm. like people uh, apparently there's an easy way of jumping into the same session and all you do yeah, is you time just, it. Yeah, you just time it. And it's just like it's that easy to break this the the whole like thing. And like that team that we fought, I'm pretty sure that was a like considered like pre-made like six or five man team because yeah. that was the start of the match and they already had a five man team. It's just like you only do that if you like your plan to do that and you like meet up and you just meet up and you do the thing and you run over and start killing people. So like that was kind <sighs> of annoying because I, the, the, the only reason why I was just like, oh, this is this should be fine because I thought it was like a two or three man team. Cause it's just like, this is the start of the match. What the hell? But, yeah, Mind no, you, we were like, all the way in the desert where nobody normally even is. And yeah. Oh, it crazy. was just and us then, and that team. <laughs> and then um, with the new most recent update, I don't know if any of our listeners watched the show, the boys, but um, they introduced an update too. where you can play as Starlight, Homelander or Black Noir. And they also introduced Temp V superpowers. So you can either, I think, teleport where it shoots you up in the sky and you can you know, redeploy. They have a a lightning thing where you can shock people. Um, something with lasers. You get Homelander's the, lasers. Yeah, and then one other thing. I don't remember the fourth thing. Lasers. But, um, uh, it's lasers, electric, and I think a jump. It teleports you in the sky or something. Uh, let me see, V. Yeah, but um, you find them in little, you know, spots, and basically, when you use it, there's a big red circle letting people to know to stay the hell away from you. Uh, you. let me see, what is it? Charge, yeah, jump, so four jump, electric shockwave, laser vision, and teleport. Oh, so teleport and charge jump is two different things. Okay. Oh, interesting. Oh, you deal splash damage when you land. Okay. Um, didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. So I'm playing the trailer right now for it. So yeah, you get (laughs) you also get the skins for Starlight, Homelander, and Black Noir. So like this is really cool. Like I Mm -hmm. like when Sean posted it, I was like, wait, what? Like that's that's insane. Like that's so cool to like have like boys go into Call of Duty. And it's like that is like this is probably to me one of the best meshing of entertainment properties because uh yes and no I, uh, the skins are cool the superpowers yeah. they kind of break, break the, the game, game slightly it this does. is some yeah, yeah. I, this is better I served in not in DMZ where you can actually lose items maybe in like multiplayer yeah. or warzone multiplayer yeah 
but not I, not for DMZ where you you know your items are persistent across matches. I feel like I think I agree with you in terms of having this in DMZ is like kind of weird because it is so like uh what is it uh, you you have your you have that gear fear where like you don't want to lose mm. the stuff that you have because it's important to you but like i think it'd have been cool if they had brought these skins in and then made like a special mode or something that you yeah. can jump into and play that is like multiplayer like as you're saying like i think that would be really really cool um i I really have you have you been able to like get and use any of the powers? I use the teleport stuff and I use the shocking stuff. Um okay. I didn't realize what the hell it was until I you don't know what it is until you actually activate it and then um you know you get you get the use of it. Uh the electric yeah. stuff isn't as useful as I thought it would be, or at least not the way I'm trying to use it. I don't know. Um Yeah. So real quick before you jump, I, I... Speaking of the electric stuff, I saw a couple of people use it, and it seems like it is overpowered when it comes to fighting a person in like mid to close range. Because I it suppose it would be helpful if like you're getting ganged up on. Yeah, yeah. Because like I, I the in the encounter that I was watching, a person was literally in in the Vondel map in like a little coffee shop or whatever, mm-hmm. and he was like one v one in this one guy. And he shot him a little bit, did an electric thing, and downed the guy immediately. And it was just like, mm-hmm. that's that's a hell of a combo right there. And then like the laser vision, I think the laser vision is not an instant down. It does mm-hmm. damage, it does ticks the damage and then drops you. But like I think it happens so quickly where you can't really react to it unless you probably have like the super jump or the teleportation and that might be able to get you out of the the way of all that. But yeah, this is and and the elect, the uh, laser beam has a lot of range. It's almost like like an AR like distance okay. in terms of how far you can fire it. So like all that stuff is super cool. You know, it's one of those things where okay, well, how long is this going to be in game for? Um, is it going to be long enough where they're going to actually like release like balance and like patching to at least three mitigate. weeks because they're not releasing all the skins all at once. Yeah, so at least true, three yeah. to four weeks. Um, this game is just the ganging up on people. I, I know they don't know that I'm black, but goddamn it, it feels like a lynching sometimes. But they're just like, hey, <laughs> hey, buddy. And then they just start chasing you down. I've had people chase me down for a good five to ten minutes, literally. Yeah, man. A group of five or six people. I don't know. This is. This is yeah, the it's the, the pre-made the, the the six-man teams and like the pre-made teams are probably the biggest detractors to playing DMZ mode because mm-hmm. it is a thing of like it's one thing where you you jump into the game and you're like oh there might be like a, a three-man team that's fine like if it's just a solo you versus three men you might have a chance to get out of the get out of situation like you might lose depending on their their loadout or whatever but like. Yeah, there's almost no way to get around or get out of a six man team just because of the options that they can have. Like, you know, some some people can have stealth vest, some people can have comms vest, some people can Man, have med vest. So I, even I, if you down UAV, people, I couldn't see none of them on there. One of them had temp V on. They shot yeah. down Savion. I jumped in the water. Thankfully, I had an O2 rebreather. I swam mm-hmm. under the water, went up a zip line on um, Ashika Island. 
they couldn't find me, but they kind of knew the general area I was in. They started mortar striking the area. Yeah. Unfortunately, I killed myself though because I fell down a well. But you know, <laughs> such is life. Hey, but you did the best you could before that happened. <laughs> hey. Yeah, but it it is that thing of like, they're they're because right now Call of Duty had released an update to, uh, essentially kind of put a band aid on the six man thing, and that like, yeah, if there is a team or players that are in a team if you kill enough operators you will be alerted by you'll the op the game will alert every every the game will alert everyone around you and say like hey this person or this team is like exactly so you need to like move away from them or like if you kill them you get 10k and people are saying like 10k is not enough to go through all that like hassle to kill most likely a six man. Yeah, squad. they need to up it to like fifty k or something. Yeah. Um, so have you? Oh, playing, it, have you it, seen that happen? Um, not yet because okay. our playstyles are completely different. Apparent, uh, according to Cameron. <laughs> um, oh. I get in and get out. You, yeah, you oh, right, sit, yeah, yeah. sit there and tune your weapons and shop and. <laughs> so I, I don't stick around long enough for anybody to find me, and when they do, right. I'm, I'm I'm gone. So already gone. Yeah. Mm-mm. Oh, and the other update they introduced because uh, before, when you would like rescue somebody who called out for help, um, they would automatically join your team. Now there's like a 30 second amnesty where the person that you revive cannot shoot you. I don't think you can shoot them either. I haven't tried because I'm not a asshole, but yeah. I mean, some people you used can. to like pick you up, shoot you down, pick you up, shoot you, you know, yeah, or whatever. So hit you with yeah, the, oh, so... hit you with the uh, revive pistol. That's how they kept killing you. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, you can um. Essentially, how that works is, as John was saying, like, you shoot someone, you down them, you don't kill them, you down them, you can revive them, and when you revive them... You cannot revive anybody that you shot. Yeah, that you killed. So if you down and kill a player, you can't revive them anymore. If you just down a player, you revive them, and then there is a, like, 30-second grace period where they can, like, go off. You can't Mm -hmm. shoot them, they can't shoot you. But you can just kind of follow them. You can take their guns and follow them and then kill them after 30 seconds. But like that's briefing stuff. But um uh it doesn't you don't automatically um you don't automatically join the person's team. So there's a prompt yeah. that comes up that allows them to join team now. So that's kind of changing how the six man teams are made, but I think the six-man team is just still just an issue in itself. So we'll see what Call of Duty does. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, overall, though, I, I'm still, like, really, really enjoying, you know, playing DMZ with, with Sean and his uh, cousin Sabian. Like, it's just it's just fun times. It's, it's just a good mode to play, minus the whole six-man team. Like, when, you're not, when you're not worried about that, it's good times. Um, Plastic. Yeah. Okay. So uh, last thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's real quick. So as I said at the start of the show, uh, my name is Don the Builder, aka no, it's Don the Builder. You know. Yeah. So essentially, I have gone into the building phase of Tears of the Kingdom, where now I am just trying to build the best vehicle that I can, so I can explore the depth, get some zonite, and not explode to every bomb bomb fire. 
bomb flower that I accidentally run over in the depths because freaking landmine down there. Um, and I spent about an hour and a half trying to put together some stuff last night. I've been watching like, you know, the videos online about, oh, this, this vehicle is pretty cool. Oh, this vehicle is pretty cool. And I have like a few of them saved in Auto Builder, but I'm just trying to build one that has essentially like a like rolling wheel from one of the constructs uh, drop that you get that can like automatically destroy the Zonite materials. So it's a whole thing that I've put on myself that I didn't really need to do. I could just play this game. I could just beat the last temple, get the 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 rest of the stuff that you need. And go fight Ganon and beat this game. But no, I'm taking my time and I'm doing this the way I want to do. Absolutely love this game. Um, yeah, that's it. That's it. Mm. Thoroughly enjoying this game. It is it's still my game of the year. Um, at some point I need to go back to Final Fantasy 16, but we'll see when that happens. We'll see when that happens. All right. I think I think that's it. You got anything else to say, Sean? Nah. No? All right. Well. This has been another episode of Press X Star Gamers Digest. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as you enjoyed making it. Don't forget, you can rate, review, like, subscribe, give the notification bell, all that stuff. You can rate and review us on YouTube if you want, but we appreciate you rating and review us on Apple Podcasts or podcast services you are currently using. Um, thank you. Do all that because everything helps. Everything will keep us going. It's like throwing coal into a steam engine. It'll keep the steam engine going. And right now, we need it. Thank you. All right. Um, yeah, you know, just I always have a hard time like ending the podcast. It's just like, yeah, we'll see you guys. You're not ready week. to go yet. Yeah, you know, yeah. So um enjoy the day. It's raining over here a little bit, but um hopefully it's not raining by you. And if it is, good thing, because you can sit at home and play some games. Make sure you wash your hands though. Or it's important. Hope it's still out here. Mm. All right. Um, yeah. Take care. <laughs>